here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Night City Council is in session. This is episode two, and I am joined with none other than the mayor of Balancetown himself, James Hutt from Artelsorian Games. James, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm having a great day. I'm ready to do city council. Let's get this going. That's right. The city council is in session. We are here. Uh, we have some questions on the docket from the community. Uh, yes, the, <laughs> that's exactly what we needed. A gavel for the mayor. And I uh, want to thank all of you guys for turning in your questions and letting us know about them. Make sure you guys send me more on social media at John John the Wise. You can find me there. You can leave it in the comments below. Any way you can contact me, go ahead and let me know. Email is actually the easiest for me because I can sort through it better. John John the Wise at gmail.com. And James and I will answer as many questions from the community as we can as the list just keeps on growing, James. <laughs> So there's that. Also, make sure you guys join the Discord community. I have a link in the description below. And you can also find Artel Sorian's official Discord from the affiliate server links. It's the first affiliate server. And make sure you guys go to ArtelSoriangames.com, visit their blog, check out all the cool things and DLCs like the ones that we'll be talking about in this episode. Make sure you guys go there. Then you can get all the goodies, follow them on social media. And make sure you guys join my Patreon, patreon.com slash johnjohnthewise. If you want to support your boy, I really appreciate it. That's a great way to support me. And Tabletop Cyberpunk, the podcast, is another thing that I'm doing. Make sure you guys subscribe to that. All right, let's get straight into it. I want to get to one thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, please. Sorry. He says DLCs, but these are free. They are free DLCs. I keep saying, I keep forgetting to say the free part, and I'm glad that you're here, James. <laughs> you know, I don't want people people thinking like they're charging any money. No, this is free candy. Go get the free candy. You know what? I blame all it's these great. AAA developers that have DLCs, and now everyone's triggered by them. They hear DLC, and they're like, oh, you didn't put the whole game in there? You know? But no. no. We, we keep, here we keep making the game, and we give it to you. Artel Sorian, our honest and people. also... Also buy our books, please. Yeah, please buy our books. For sure. They're they're great. I have a bunch of them over here. I can vouch for them. They're great books. All right. So let's get straight into it. We're going to get into our questions. And then later on, we're going to be talking about uh, new Hardened Lieutenants, which is like the sequel to Hardened Mooks. Right. And we'll also be talking about Cyber Chairs, a really fun, cool thing that our Talsorian designed for the public and but before we get into that, like I said, let's get straight into the questions. All right, the first question for today in council is I'm a little fuzzy on karate's armor breaking combo. So on my turn, after a successful melee strike and martial arts attack, meaning you do enough damage to get through armor and deal HP, uh, HP damage, you then get to roll another check. And if you pass that, you ablate their armor by another two points. So this means you can strip four points of SP from a target in a turn. James, what's going on? Okay, first off, successful attacks do not necessarily deal damage. Um, so that's that was wrong in the question. If I hit you and your and your armor soaks the whole thing, that attack was still successful. It just didn't do any damage. Um, so I hit you. That's what matters. This is this is because sometimes in like karate movies, um, they'll like do the like push move, right? Uh, they'll do a combo. They'll push you and push you. Then they'll get you in the vitals. Um, so we didn't want it to be only attacks that physically deal the damage are gonna deal uh, the spe- allow you to use the special effect from the special move. That's a big deal because this is the way you damage Metal Gear. Because if I punch Metal Gear, I'm probably not dealing any damage. But if I successfully attack, successfully attack, then I get to use a special move that lets me roll that special move. Um, and if I'm successful at that roll, they lose 2 SP in that location. Oh, very I believe good. it's all worn armor, right? Uh, I, You know yeah. what? I should probably have it up. Uh, yeah, I you know what? I'm, I'm using the, the beautiful PDF. Yes. So, um, so the armor breaking combination, the requirement is that you hit the same target with a melee weapon uh, and a martial arts attack. 
So one of the attacks got to be a martial arts attack. The other one has to be a melee weapon. Mm. So that's where uh-huh. the armor breaking comes in. The idea is you're breaking it with the melee weapon. The idea is the combination of the two is is adding something special because gotcha. of your training. Gotcha. And then once per turn, when you fulfill this requirement, um, you can use the martial arts special move resolution, uh, which you will find on page 178. Uh, and you try to beat a DV-15. If you succeed, the target you hit twice this turn to do the requirement has all of their worn armor ablated by an additional two points. So it's kind of cool. Their, even their head armor will get ablated by two points. Wow, amazing. And their chest armor. So it's a cool move. Yeah. And uh, it sort of says, hey, we know you're not going to use... We know that you want to be a full fighter. But if you get extra training and an additional fighting style, you can use this special combo. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, there you go. The martial arts is something that I really need to dive into. Uh, there's this is the thing about Cyberpunk Red. There's so many layers to the game that because it's a 400-page monstrosity of awesomeness that there's so many things to miss. And I feel like the martial arts is something I really need to get back into and, and figure out what to do because there's so many cool uh, ideas in here. So we got to give that a shot. Anyway, I don't know why I digress like that. <laughs> I just, oh, yeah. I just hey, said what I, was I on my mind. I love the martial arts system too, man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to the next question. How big should a typical battle map be, Mr. Mayor of Balancetown? Um, you know, that really depends on what you want to do. Um, but I'll give a better answer than that. Um. I want to say that certain encounters work better with bigger maps. Um, if you're doing an alley, it doesn't need to be that big. Yeah. Um, if you're doing like, let's attack this giant facility. It'd be kind of cool if you got a really big table and put the facility on a really big map. Um, you know, you ever go to one of those Italian restaurants? Oh, yeah. Uh, where um, they, they put paper on the table mm-hmm. and the kids can draw on it crayon yeah, yeah, yeah. go to one of those and play some cyberpunk red <laughs> that's be, all i'm saying you're gonna be i'm that saying guy? do it I'm saying do it be that guy <laughs> that's cool let, let us know in the comments how that goes we want to know uh i want to know us. yeah we want to know this is our show and we get to decide what we want to know and what we don't want to know and that's something uh, we if know. you also, if you've got any crazy, massive city setups with 3D stuff, um, yeah, show me. Definitely. Hashtag Night City Council on all social media. Let's see it. Let's see your cool setups over there, ladies and gentlemen. I want to I wanna see them. Uh, I, if I can add, the thing about battle maps is uh, maybe the answer that you're not looking for, whoever asked this question, which, by the way, I'm going to start writing usernames. I don't know why I didn't that do that in the beginning. Now I realize like I should have done it. But the answer I'm going to give you is it depends on the situation, a lot like James said. The battle map itself is kind of a, a characteristic of your session. So it tells a story just in itself. Just looking at the map tells a story. So what kind of story do you want to tell about the combat encounter that you had? Do you want your players having to go across a large no man's land where they have to use tactics, smoke grenades, or all kinds of other things to try to get across a gap to capture somebody, obtain them, kill them in melee combat? Or do you want it to be a close, dirty bathroom in a nightclub where literally it's four on four, you're in a nightclub, you're you're breaking the mirror, you're you're knocking over the stalls? That all tells a story too. So really, you got I would work backwards. I would say, what kind of story do I want to tell in this combat encounter? How do I want it to feel? Do I want it to feel gritty, desperate? And then from there, try to come up with what you think it would look cool like in a movie or in a scenario, in a combat encounter scenario. What do you think about that, James? Oh, I think that's why they call him John John the Wise. <laughs> that's the wisdom right there. That's high that's praise. Some- that's some good stuff um yeah i think that battle maps are great i love battle maps i love 3d terrain yeah um 
I spend a lot of money on 3D trade. Yeah, like Monster Fight Club. And I love doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shout out. Shout out Monster Fight Club. Go get your 3D train. Go get your 3D cities. Enjoy that. uh, I'm drinking tea out of a beer stein, if you guys are wondering. This is Fresca out of a Fresca can. There you go. (laughs) I didn't pour anything else in this Fresca can. Sure you didn't. Uh, Okay. Let's move on to the next question. When a Netrunner controls a turret or active defense, do they use their own skills or does an interface role work instead? So um, it depends. Uh, the rule is when you are in control of that control node, let's say it's a turret and it has an assault rifle in it, then you use shoulder arms because it's an assault rifle. Um, if there's a in-place defense and it fires a shrieker, um, that would use handgun because a shrieker is an exotic handgun. That would be... Uh, so it sort of uses it in a VR sort of way. Um, so it makes it... It's The idea is that it makes it more intuitive for the Netrunner. Yeah, like they're directly connected to it, and it's really about their knowledge and skill on using that type of weapon. Uh, and that, that's how connected they are to their their interface cables or their cyber. That's another reason. That's another reason why heavy weapons might be a skill you want a netrunner if you want to use those really big turrets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like flamethrower turrets. Um, same thing with a nomad, if because a lot of the cars have heavy weapons on them. That's some of the heavy weapons stuff. God, is there anything more cyberpunk than a flamethrower turret? I mean, that's up there, right? <laughs> I, I love, I love personally, I love the uh, the water jet cutter. Ooh, the ones that like it's a thin stream and it'll yeah, cut yeah, yeah. through like straight Those through are, your body. Look up that on a YouTube video. Oh, how savage! Bad, how bad you can get a water jet going? Oh yeah, no, no. Like, or the the air blasting, Keep like your, on the yeah. wood. You're like, ooh. I'm my yeah. skin's not as hard as wood. Ooh, what would that do to me? Keep your fingers oh. away, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, next oh, question. Die in a wood-turning accident. <laughs> uh, get that visual. That's cyberpunk. All right, guys? Do defenders have to declare that they're evading gunfire before the enemy combatant rolls to hit? It's, it's before. It has to be before. Um, it, it, because because you, here's, what, here's what you want. On your table... Um, melee combat is I'm rolling to defend and I'm rolling to attack and that's fun like there's something really fun about he's rolling a die and I gotta roll a die too to defend against his die and when you're dodging a bullet it's the same thing yeah you want that drama if you're if you're the GM you want the drama of them rolling at the same time because that's fun Um, and you also it's kind of weird to dodge a bullet that's already been shot yeah, and also if you declare it, let's go really fast. If you declare it after the roll, then okay. So like the DV chart says, you got to roll a twenty, right? The guy rolls a thirteen, he would have missed. But you declared That's- to evade. You rolled a thirteen. You rolled a ten. Even though it's a, he, it's a little cheaty, it's it's there, it, there's some cheaty, there's some cheaty here. I like the idea of it because it means that you made a mistake to go into the bullet. He made a mistake. He was going to miss you. But you made sure he didn't miss by trying to dodge the wrong way. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I mean, if they're trying to do a really long shot um, and you're trying to dodge it, it would have probably been harder to just yeah. make your shot. Exactly. So you might decide, you know what? I don't want to leave. I don't want to mess it up and leave it to fate. Why don't I just go with the DV chart and not evade this shot? Now, here's the thing. If you use the DV chart and you say, I'm not going to evade it, you couldn't use luck. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can't. You can do so, it with evade. If mm. you really don't want to get shot today and you can see the sniper on the roof, you can do it. Yeah, 100%. Spend all eight of your luck. And you built for eight luck, so you deserve to be able to do Exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Eight luck characters are good. They're very good. Build one, and then pour all eight lock onto something every session. Auto fire. Uh, explain. De- explain demon AI and how they function. What are the limitations? Can you give us an example of an encounter with a demon and a net runner? This is from Yig one zero one five. 
Okay. Thank you for your question, Yig. Let me just control F demon for you. So basically, while you're looking it up, uh, my understanding is a demon is a dummy AI, and it just has a set of rules that it follows. It's not intuitive. It's not like a, a machine learning AI or anything like that. It literally just has its rules and its algorithm, and it just abides by those rules. Yes, um, that is basically how it operates. Um, it's got a little bit, it's smarter than just a typical black ice. Like it's smarter than a hellhound. Mm -hmm. A hellhound will literally walk at you and hit you. Yeah. Um, a demon uh, is an intelligent system. Uh, so it operates control nodes. Um, depending on its priority, it's sort of a, to the GM to determine how the demon operates in the architecture and what its priorities are set to be. But typically, it will use every net action it possibly can to operate a control node. Then it will use its remaining actions to either get control nodes back or zap the uh, um, enemy netrunner if they're there. Um, depending on uh, if its priority is if there is an enemy netrunner there, kill it immediately. Or if there's an enemy netrunner there, wrestle with it. Gotcha. Um, depending on how... Because here's the thing. If I owned a nuclear power plant, I would set my D... I mean, in that one to... No, no, no. You want to wrestle the control node away from the netrunner. Mm -hmm. You really want to do that. Don't kill them. The control node is more important. Yeah, 100%. Um, there would be a demon that just did that. And there would be demons that were set to no kill the netrunner, kill the netrunner, kill the netrunner. Could you have um, multiple demons in a net, net architecture? Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, you yeah. can have some doing the turret, some zapping netrunners, some doing other control nodes. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, if you were running a nuclear power plant, you would have sysadmin netrunners. Yeah, yeah. In there defending it and the top of the line um, equipment and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you would be you know fighting against large stacks of money i had a question about uh the demon because in the rules it says they know when a net runner is in the system immediately yes they do does that necessarily mean that they can alert everybody immediately or does yep. is there a control node they have to access first to set an alarm no so as soon as you if get you in... have if you have sysadmin control mm -hmm. if you have access to the bottom of the net architecture as a net runner it's one of the things that is, you can tell if a demon knows there's somebody there. It, it would be really dumb if they knew and they didn't tell you. Yeah. So, no. so before, as soon as you jack in, they know you're there and they tell everybody. Yes. Okay. Um, an enemy netrunner worth their salt will also be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, a powerful corporation will just pay people to stay logged on. Just wait. They're just like a they're security guard, just like the security guard in the front door. Yeah. So the logic is uh, they know that there's someone within six meters of the control node or the yeah. access point. I like to use the example of the movie theater. The movie theater is going to have like a bodyguard in the front because you never know, know. something shady might happen. Yeah. You never know. Um, but they're not going to have a netrunner always online active in front of their net architecture like yes let's, yeah. let's let's wait for this netrunner to come yeah i'm here i'll be here when you come back <laughs> have a nice day um no uh but if your nuclear power plants your arasaka facilities those are gonna have netrunners on payroll so it's actually advantageous for you and your party. If you're trying to be sneaky, you're trying to sneak into a place, don't access the access points unless you know that there isn't a demon there. Because as soon as you do, the jig is up. Everyone gets caught. So it might be a better idea to wait until you have more information before you just jack into an access point. It's not, it's not sneaky. Yeah. Um, if they've got, if they've, Alarming the front door. What you can do is, if you were doing that, you could put a virus 
in that system a month ago mm. to only activate later to turn off their ability to know you, you were there. You just uh, come in, dress as the IT guy, ring the doorbell and say, I'm here to fix the... My, my point is, that doesn't need to stop your big heist because your Netrunner should be able to get around this with the virus ability. But, you know, they'll have to do a setup heist before their heist. Sure. Everybody loves that. Yeah. The work you, know, you do It's before. only a wrinkle for you to smooth out yourself. Okay. I like it. All right. That's fun. All right. Let's move on. Is choking a grappled opponent an action? How do you successfully yes. choke someone? It is. It's an action. It's an action called choke. Mm -hmm. um, the action called choke is on page. Choke. It's in the grappling rules. In the grappling rules. Uh, choke is 177. If you're currently the attacker in a grapple, you can use your action to choke the defender, dealing your body stat directly to their hit points and damage. That's Choke does a lot of damage, people. Yeah. it's uh, So basically, it goes... the order of operations is you get into, you move into melee range, you roll your grab, which is brawling, right? You're brawling versus their yep. evasion. They lose, you grab them, your turn's over. Uh, let me be specific. No. Uh, Dex plus a grab is brawling versus brawling. Oh, okay, okay, good, good call. Uh, you, both anyway, you and your target just... within your reach roll Dex plus brawling. Okay, so you win, yep. and you choose to grab hold of the defender. Both of you are now considered to be grappled and take minus two to all actions for as long as you both remain in a grapple. Your turn is over. It's going to be the combatant's turn, let's say. And now they have to try to get out of the grapple if they want to or mm -hmm. take control. Right? Yep. And you get out of a grapple by rolling grappling. Mm -hmm. Which is another. You don't get out again. with evasion. You got to use brawling. So it's just brawling. This gives brawling, brawling. opportunity for characters that are. Roll that are quick and evasive against some things but you can hold on to them mm -hmm. so because let's say those let, aren't the same skill in real life exactly so let's say on their turn they fail their grapple check again and you're still in control now on your turn which the round oh is boy, over they wasted their whole turn trying to get out of your grapple exactly and now you still That's have control. why grappling is powerful and then you can choke you can throw you can do any of these uh I think there's a martial arts ones that you can do too, right? Iron. There grip. are martial arts special moves that in that uh, are grappling. You can do uh, iron. Iron grip. grip. Yeah. Iron grip makes it even harder to get out of your grapple. Yeah. You need um, to beat a DV fifteen. Uh, you gotta you gotta beat a DV fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's one seventy nine. In the right. in the aikido. And the um, the grapple rules again. 177. This is one of those pages. Bookmark it. Yeah, 100%. Martial grapple. arts, grappling. Yeah, as with any tabletop role-playing game, bookmark the grapple rules page. Makes your job much easier as a GM. Yeah, and to reiterate, um, you do your body, your body stat directly to their hit points. Ignores armor. So okay. you got a body 8. They just took 8 HP damage. So that's nice. That's what choke can do. And then if you have three successive rounds of a choke, they go unconscious regardless of their hit points. Yep. That's a big one. Yeah, it's a very big one. So there you go. Hope that answered your question. Uh, next question. Any advice for a larger groups of six plus players? Oh, six plus players. Um, I would say don't run a move encounter. Uh, run lieutenant size run lieutenant encounters um with six plus players the amount of moves that you have to run will start making it looks like a dance floor yeah yeah um and there, it's really hard to do tactical combat in a dance floor and it's hard to come up with ideas why 12 people keep showing up yeah um you know what i mean they were already here when you got here is fine and that's basically how you've got to go it because 12 people jump in through the windows is weird it is um and uh I, I would say this is one of those times where um at six players you're at the ceiling of like 
you start entering that place where turns are going to be like, when is my next turn? Yeah. I'll go to the bathroom. And that falls apart. That that makes the, um, at least in, I don't know, everything's opening up again, playing D&D with each other again, all vaccinated. It's a beautiful time. Um, but um, if you go higher than six people, it, even in person, it can become, when is my next turn? Yeah. I'll go to the bathroom. You know, is the net runner done? Yeah. Oh, the net, I'm the net runners in between me. I'll get a slice of pizza. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and even... we don't want that. We want to play cyberpunk. We don't, we don't want to eat slices of pizza. And even as an experienced GM, I've still, you know, you got to sometimes take a little extra time for some things. You got to look up a rule and stuff like that. And that even adds more time to the, the shot clock. That being said, I tuned Cyberpunk Red to be as quick as you possibly can get it while playing a game with this amount of crunch. Um, I think it works better what i'm saying is all games struggle at six people mm -hmm. um cyberpunk red struggles less than other games but it's still not ideal yeah um those as long as everyone is patient it's fine it's just i'm not patient yeah. i'm gonna be real with you i'm you know what i mean yeah and honestly, not everyone is an angel well you are james you're an angel to me no no you you're, you're an angel Oh, you're an angel. Thanks. But that's why you have a angelic surname, like the wise following your name. You know, I don't have the chivalrous following hut. You're a mayor, dude. You were elected into city office. Okay. Are you assuming I was elected? <laughs> you took it with an <laughs> iron grip, huh? That's what you did, right? You destroyed the opposition. I will be mayor. Um, <laughs> His ambition knows no bounds, ladies and gentlemen. It's like a Simba. Um, no, not Simba. Sorry. It's, it's a scar move. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. That's the second time somebody referenced that today to me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, God. So much Disney. Uh, it's too much. Move um, on. Move on. It's too much Disney. Uh, I was going to say, what I usually do for six plus players is uh, you got to make sacrifices uh, within the rule set sometimes just to move things along your priority becomes moving yeah. things along more than it is making sure your rules as written and all that stuff so i've done like all kinds of techniques uh to make sure like i'll do group skill checks everybody's doing the skill check at once um you know and in combat instead of tracking armor ablation and hp for the enemies i do like a tally system like, you know, you did enough damage to do three tallies of damage and they're dead. I don't, I don't do calculations and stuff like that because that's just adding extra time, extra bookkeeping. Instead, I could just make it more cinematic, make sure that the enemies, uh, the players are taking care of their HP and their armor and their stuff. So I don't have to worry about that. I just have to make sure to let them know you got hit. You took this amount of damage. That's all I got to okay. do. Those are some, those are, I think we're both giving very realistic answers about real gameplay with that player count. Yeah. We've been so. through it. It's four is a gold number. Three is great, two. Yeah. Two is, hey, at least you're getting to play tabletop role-playing game. Yeah. Better really like the person in a one-player campaign. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Five is is great. Mm-hmm. Six is starting to get up there. When you get that sixth person, it really, you know, it really, yeah. I'm I'm amazed, honestly. If you have an eight-person campaign, go long and everybody it. shows up every single time. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Oh. great. And if you can do it, you're probably the type of person that can handle all those calculations all the time. Um, I'm so I, glad I, you it's brought probably that up. a skill set that I haven't developed, to be honest. No, you you brought I'll up look. a very very good point. I'm going through this with my Patreon game. I have six players. I planned on splitting them. But they work so well together. I wanted to experiment and see if I could maybe make it work. And uh, the problem now that we're running into is if all six of them cannot show on that exact same day at that exact same time, the game gets put off. It gets put off for another week and another week and another week. And now you're relying on seven different people 
to be there at the same time, same place, same time, to try to make a game happen. And that's just it, very difficult to do in itself. So, I mean, I, I get that. That's, that's another secret. That's why prison would be cool. Scheduling, <laughs> scheduling is the play some TRPGs in prison. Dude, you I got to play with a card deck. You I, know how to do that? Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. I know how to do the card deck, but had, do you know of any uh, people that play Cyberpunk? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's great. That, totally. You got nothing else uh, to Cyberpunk do? is even easier to play in prison. Yeah. Because you can have, with one 52-card deck, you can have four people have D10s by splitting different, um, splitting Suits. the different card deck ups. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you can't have dice. Uh, because that's gambling. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You have cards. Because that's not gambling. I guess not. Who knows? Um, at the end of the day, after they after they take away your cards, or depending on your your prison, you you might need to go with scraps of paper with numbers on them. Ah, uh, yeah. That you can't stop. That's gamers, how I dude. hear it. That's how I hear it. I I love I love looking up how people play tabletop role playing games in prison. That's a, just a fun thing. Maybe that, that I like should be a bucket list for me: is run a game at a prison for prisoners. That should be a. Vault. We should do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun little bucket be a list. Fun outfit. All right, night. Put it on the docket for uh, the Night City Council. All right, uh, we the outreach. We've done a half <laughs> hour of answering questions, so night the 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 questions and answers uh, are done for today. Thank you guys so much for all your questions. Make sure you guys remember johnjohnthewise at gmail dot com. Send me all your questions, social media. Whoever you can contact, let them know that you got a question for the Night City Council, hashtag Night City Council, and we will make sure to answer as many as we can. Uh, but now let's talk about some free DLCs that you can find at Artelsorian's website. And the first of them being Hardened Lieutenants, which we talked about being the sequel to Hardened Mooks. So, James, why don't you give us a little bit of info on Hardened Lieutenants? So Hardened Lieutenants are, uh, so it's the sequel to Hardened Mooks. It's uh, another one in the Hardened series. And what I'm doing is I've recognized uh, that some people really like to play combat-optimized characters. And um, in Cyberpunk Rad, we needed a, play, a way to continue to challenge those characters while still, this, is, this was the reason why I had to, to do this, um, <laughs> while still making sure that you don't challenge them by just giving your opponents more money, because that money always ends up in the hands of your players after they kill that person. Yep. Um, and two, um, you got to make sure that you're just not scaling encounters up with more people, because you run into the problem we ran into with six-player parties and mook encounters. Twelve people jump out of the window. Um, you know, twelve people rappel down from the ceiling. Why are we suddenly beating twelve groups of twelve? Who are all these 12 people? Yeah. Um, why are we constantly beset by a baker's dozen? How did we make um, 12 people so mad? <laughs> we make 12 people so mad every week. Every week, dude. <laughs> Maybe we need to go to another city. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's time to move. Yeah, it's time to move, man. Um, so uh, the answer that Hardened Lieutenants gives is your guys are your players are a little stronger, uh, playing some stronger characters, so we can ratchet up the difficulty on each of the individual uh, enemy classes. This time it's lieutenants. Um, so what I like to do with the Harden series is I like to give alternate versions of every lieutenant we put in the core book. And I like to give a D10 table to spice things up. Oh yeah. So this time the D10 table to spice things up uh, is hardened lieutenant tactics. Um, all these new hardened lieutenants have a higher tactical score and have a higher int score um, to use it. Uh, and they're lieutenants, so they're commanding people. Uh, they know how to operate a battle. Um, they know how to you know, control the theater, uh, as it were. Well, I have a question, James. How do I know if my players are considered hardened? Oh well, there is there is a chart. Let me just Google hardened lieutenants to uh, easily get this PDF for free on our website. Mm -hmm. 
I just have to figure out how to spell lieutenants off the top oh, of my head. Oh, man, here we go. Oh, no, I'm doing this I know live. there's a Liu. There's a Liu in there. Liu, But then tenants. the British say lieutenants, and that just throws me off. Boom. Found it. I just typed in hardened lieutenants. I clicked the button that said download, and it's on my screen. So I didn't forget And it, it was free. And it was free. You paid nothing? I feel like I paid nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like a ham. Um, the okay. people know what we're, what we're doing here. <laughs> good, good. Um, so on page two, what is Harden is what you were setting me up for. Yes. Thank you. Mm, you know, um, we're trying to put a show so I on did, here. So honestly, I should have defined what I meant in Hardened Mooks. <laughs> and here I have been forced, it has been suggested of me, to tell people what I'm actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the definition of hardened is hardened is a prefix that means combat optimized. It defines a tier of play that's designed to provide adequate challenge, adequate challenge um, to combat optimized characters while still letting them be combat badasses. All while, all without disrupting game economy or scaling up the number of enemy combatants in an encounter. Instead of pulling up quantity, we're increasing quality. Exactly. Um, so a hardened crew is a crew filled with hardened player characters. We're just going to repeat the word hardened, hardened a lot. A lot. We're going to do that until I finish the hardened series. <laughs> so put in for the long haul. Okay. Um, so if even one member of a crew isn't considered hardened, we'll get to what that means, um, you don't have a hardened crew. So if you have three hardened solos and one rocker boy that cannot evade a bullet or do anything combating. Your squishy bard friend mm-hmm. and your three, you know, cutthroat solos, razor wire killer people um, makes that not a hardened group. Uh, so, yeah, you need to. Be, so, here's the reason. You need to be careful because if you use hardened stuff, things with the hardened prefix against crews that are not hardened, you will probably kill that bar. Yeah. And they might figure it might feel unfair. So, and, and it's just not a good character death. That's probably a bad character death. Yeah. Which is why I'm being very specific up front. So, there are some pretty funny, um, so I think it's funny. Um, page two, uh, what is a hardened character? It's a player character that meets any of the following criteria. And here I list things like they have a ref of eight with a dodge skill of six, or they can attack with a stat plus skill plus mod of 15 or higher, or they have a will and body of 16 or higher. Mm-hmm. Um, they own a weapon that's $5,000 or more. They've got a Malorian. Mm-hmm. You just got upgraded. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to hell. Welcome to the Harvard well, crew. <laughs> um, dex, uh, a dex of eight and a move of eight. Um, auto fire or martial arts skill of six or higher. Mm-hmm. Solo rank four or higher. So, if you start as a solo, you're hardened. You're hardened no matter what you do. Exactly. That's um, great. I really like that criteria because it, it takes away the guesswork of whether this is okay for my crew or not. As a game master, you can look at this criteria and then just look at your players and go, oh, okay, I shouldn't feel bad about throwing lieutenants at them because they're all hardened. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be very clear. Um, I'm especially looking forward to people... Um, creating player characters uh, that are deliberately one stage under this criteria to uh, buy one point. I did all this, but please don't send the evil people out. Come on, have some <laughs> fun over there. Please don't send the hardened people out. If you do that, I, I please I live in fear stop. of the hardened people. Stop I live in that. fear of thunder, of lightning. Um, anyway, so unlike this part, un- because unlike with hardened mooks, um, that can be mixed in sparingly uh, against non-hardened crews. 
not cause any balance issues. If you put hardened lieutenants against the non-hardened crew, you will kill a character. Yeah. You <laughs> don't do that unless you want that. All right. Uh, are you ready for a little scenario that I came up with that you can use these hit, hardened hit lieutenants with? with? Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Tell, right. me, tell me what you came up with, John John. Okay, so last time on episode one, I gave you guys a little scenario with the hardened mooks, and this is actually continuing that scenario. So you did that one, and then now we want to continue the story and see what's going on. Uh, you have with you a net runner that was uh, the person that was kidnapped, and you rescued them, and now you have them, and their name is Binary, and they let you know, hey, look, the job's not over. You guys rescued me. Thank you, but... They thought that there was more memory chips out there of information, but they have all the information. So we need to go break into their facility and take my memory chips back, sell them on the black market, and I'll give you guys a piece of the cut. And it's whether the players want to do that or not. Who wants to give up that kind of fun little heist? Uh, the idea is it's a Giraffa uh, warehouse, and you have it, you have to... It's a local storage that has all the memory chips. He'll sell the information. I said that. Okay, here we go. The location uh, is a service business that is a front for clandestine Giraffa operations. That's how I thought. You know, maybe Giraffa has these crews out there, but they're like clandestine. They can't be on the books because it looks bad optically in public for all the things that they're doing. So it's either like a mechanic shop and one of the back rooms is where they do their operations a brain dance center or a home improvement store. And, you know, in the back, the idea is in the back is where they have all this stuff. A um, lot of backroom construction stuff. Sounds, sounds like Giraffa. Exactly. Sounds like might be some of the, some of the Bratva connected people in the motherland. There you over. go. Exactly. A lot of uh, union, uh, owning the unions, running the unions and stuff like that. Uh, some enemies at the location. I thought, why not have one of the hardened net runners, the anti-personnel flavor that we have in that hardened lieutenants, have that person in the net architecture that your net runner has to hack, or that uh, the net runner ally that you have with you, maybe he can come if you don't have one in your party, and he can try to do his thing, and the GM runs all that. Or and and then also you have hardened security officers, the raid or the siege flavor whichever of the two that is in the book or in the dlc those work really well uh in conjunction with that net runner um so some of the challenges at this location i would say information has been downloaded onto a Giraffa database and no longer is on the memory chips so it's on this database this allows for net running net running to obtain it or the hard drive must be physically stolen from a well-guarded area so if you don't have a net runner, you still have a chance to go pick up that hard drive, but it's going to be much harder because you have to actually be in physical range of it. Um, would, I would imagine it would be like, I, I mean, if they have a net runner with them, then it's obviously that the net runner is going to have to do it. But if they don't, you have this other option of, I, I like how you did too. Yeah. Um, because not all parties are going to have the net runner. Yeah, and maybe they don't want to take the ally NPC with them and do that whole thing. Maybe they're like, you know, you just right, stay you back. You totally can't. Um, yeah. Can't. You can't know what the players will do. Exactly. So the if you have a net runner, it's great because at a distance you can take all the information, leave a virus, and go. All right, let's get out of here, guys. We don't have to stay here and fight. But if you don't have a net runner, you got to get in the nitty gritty. Go to their location, break in, go through their defenses, get the thing, and get out. And that's, that might be a little more tougher, more challenging, but it's still a lot of fun. So that's my idea for using these hardened lieutenants. I hope you guys enjoy that. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. And when James uh, and Artel Sorin release the next DLC, uh, we'll make a continuation. Why not? That'll be fun. Hardened, uh, hardened, what was the next one? Mini, mini bosses? Hardened mini bosses. Ooh. Oh, I think, I think it's mini bosses next. Ooh, okay. I like that. Little Adam no, Smasher no. going on? I don't remember. No, no, that that stuff's saved for hard bosses. I could Ooh, be, okay. Not a mini boss. Little old. there's uh there's there's one tier. Uh anyway, forgot to mention. Um, just because there are less lieutenants, um, something I'm gonna do from now on for the rest of the Harden series is uh I provided two different takes on each of the lieutenants to harden them. 
just to give you a little bit more care, uh, variety yeah. in your stat blocks. Um, and I tried to split them into different ideas so that you could scrape off the label and change the name on this one, do it twice, and then take the other one, do the same thing, do it yeah. twice, and uh, the players won't know. No, no. Um, they, they'll never figure it out. No, they'll never know. They don't watch the show. It's honestly just using them as they a won't. reference. They won't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watches the show. Watching. They're not watching. <laughs> They're watching. Don't worry. You're only watching this because you're diehard, all right? <laughs> I um, hope they watch. Get them to watch the show. Invite them. They're going to watch, watch it. it with them. Tell them to you know, watch, watch the show. Come on. Tell them to watch it. Come on. Um, subscribe to the channel. It's just good reference. Like, like the video. Like the video. Subscribe. Come on. Do your part. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, it's good to just have them as reference anyway, in case you want to create your own MOOCs and lieutenants. You could just see you know, how the guys at Artel Sorian design it, if they were to do it. And that'll give you a great idea on what you need to do on yours. Make them, change a couple of things, make it yours. Totally. Give them backstories, run life path for them. Yeah. Make, make your players feel bad when you kill them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he had a family. Fun thing. We got Paige. Uh, we got family. I know <laughs> what all their names are. Uh, he's never going to be able to get to go to his son's graduation. <laughs> Dude. Oh, what are you doing? We're supposed to have fun. <laughs> uh oh god. Uh page three uh has hardened lieutenant tactics, um, which uh which uh maybe you roll on it, have a little have a good time. I don't know, um you know, they they sort of change it like, oh, this lieutenant might have a first aid paramedic skill. Um, or I get I get the spicy one, it's my Here, favorite. I rolled an eight. What's an eight? Oh it's my favorite. Uh, Lieutenant has done extensive research into the combat capabilities of the party. Oh, which means you get to role play them like they're Batman. <laughs> so basically, so that adds a whole new level. They knew you right, were coming. Like, like they know, they know what you're doing. Damn, they're what, what if he yells? One of them's like, "That's Reginald. He's stay further away from him. <laughs> Don't get near him." <laughs> I love gold. All right. <laughs> I love I love gold. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next free DLC <laughs> that you can pick up from Artel Sorian's website. Why'd you have to say that? Man? I had to give you the chuckles, dude. I had to give you a little bit of the chuckles. Oh, I have the chuckles. Yes. More free DLCs. That's right. This one came let's out a little them. bit uh a little bit back in the day, not too far yeah. back in the day, but we I remember this one. I think it doesn't get its its due because people it needs to get out there. Basically, there's the cyber chair. Uh, the idea is these are rules on how to operate the chairs, such as controlling them with your mind and interface plugs, or rules about what a critical injury to your move stat means on a cyber chair, and why get a cyber chair versus cyberware is a question that I had. And I think the answer is you, you avoid humanity loss. There are no surgery risks. The, you avoid this cost of expensive cyberware. And also, it's cool. Now, in the dark future, style over substance, having a cool cyber chair, is it, it means something on the streets, on the mean streets, especially if it has a pop-up gun on it or something like that. That's fun. Yeah, and, there are, and there are injuries that, that wouldn't require a cyber leg but would still leave one paralyzed exactly exactly um it's point is they're cool um i got matt big ups to sarah thompson who worked with us on this one um that's actually uh that's her in the picture on page one yeah she didn't she um, do an actual play uh she did the sirenscape actual play. oh she's 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 out there doing everything making combat wheelchairs for D D. yeah everything she's it's doing really it all great. it's great she's doing the most so super pleasure to work with her um did some writing with her on witcher as well shout out shout out Fantastic. to Sarah thompson big shout outs um so there are two cyber chairs here and i want to get into the nitty-gritty there's two of them. There's Mercurius, the Mercurius cyber chair, and the spider cyber chair. These are both from Rockland um, Augmentics. They're both by the, by Rockland the Augmentics, yes. Um, the Mercurius is 100 EB, doesn't cost a lot of money, has all of the mobility benefits, um, 
but it doesn't get any cyberware options. But the thing is, it still can. I want to be specific about this. It's only $100. The tech rollability can upgrade it rather easily to give it one slot. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. That's your job. Hell yeah. Not my job. Nope. Um, Spider Cyber Chair has tons of cyberware options on it and a bunch of fun stuff. Um, and it looks amazing. It's a top of the line version. This is uh, this is what you get if you got a little bit of money. A thousand eddies to be exact. Thousand. So you can. Uh, my favorite part about this DLC is both of these items are it. Usually, an item that cool would be five thousand. I sound like I'm trying to sell it to people, <laughs> um, but it's free. It's I'm not trying to sell it. No. to you. I'm just saying. But you could get it at level one. Level one. Rollability four. Um, starting character. Yeah. You can get it as a starting character. Yeah, it takes a large chunk of your stuff, but it doesn't take as much of your stuff as you might think. Um, you could get this instead of a high quality assault rifle. Um, and I think it has, it, it's a way of saying, um, this is what my character is about and they're cool. And it also doesn't break the bank at a thousand because it doesn't require you to get interface plugs. You don't have to have interface plugs. You can use one of your arms to control it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, those are the two, those are the two options you can get from the DLC. And basically it gives your players a chance to have an affordable option with uh, the the chance of making it a little bit cooler with the tech or getting a top-of-the-line option that, I mean, the sky's the limit on what kind of cyberware you can put on there. You can put uh, heat um, infrared sensors on it. You can put all kinds of crazy, any kind of cyberware you see on there. You can somehow make it work with the chair and the player and do something really unique with them. Yeah, uh, it's cyber arms, cyber leg, or cyber limb options. Oh, sorry. So cyber eyes are not there. Okay. Yeah, you can't. Unless you're a tech. Oh, that's right. Are you tech? Are you tech, John John? Technically, I'm not. Not sure. I, <laughs> not sure I can let you do that. There you go. See, James has, has given I'll me play permission. I'll favorites, John John. Oh, thanks. I'm your favorite. All right. No, I said you couldn't do it. I, oh. Did you mishear me? Oh, what the hell, man? Show's I said over. no. You're not a tech. You're not a tech. Oh, that's right. I gotta find, find a tech. I gotta find a tech. <laughs> it. I got a job for you, and don't ask questions. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about my scenario. I got a scenario with these cyber. Are oh, you doing a scenario? I got a scenario. Excuse me. Um. Okay. So the scenario. First of all, I got to tell you about Murder Ball, which is actually in the DLC. They talk about it. It the is Night City Nuke. The Night City Nuke is the official cyber what a great chair. name for a, for a team. Yeah, and they play Murder Ball. <laughs> With a nerd, a nuke. I know, it is, uh, it's totally on the nose, right? I said nerk. nerk. I said nerk for a second. <laughs> it's okay. Don't um, it, it's We all do it. This is a part of being on the internet. Um, so Murder Ball is a cyber chair sport with a ball and teams from every city. As James mentioned, the Night City Nuke is one of them. That's the first thing I thought of when I thought of these chairs is uh, there's a lot of crazy cool sports that uh, people in wheelchairs play in real life, like basketball and racing and stuff like that. So that was like one of the first things that came to my mind. And then I read the DLC, saw that, and I was like, perfect. We're on the same uh, frequency on that. So basically, the scenario is the police have tipped off that there will be an assassination attempt against the government office holder, such as a senator or a councilman or a mayor, all right? Something like that is happening. The government worker loves murder ball, and the police are spread far too thin to watch over the murder ball game. They're looking at all threats at all locations within the city. So this would work better if your players were cops. Then they could be assigned to the stadium watching over this murder ball thing. But if they are not, then they can just be mercenaries that the cops contract out. They're, they're contractors, basically. And with the way things are in Cyberpunk Red, they, th as far as we know in the lore, lawmen take all shapes and sizes, all forms. As if, if you got a gun and you're protecting your community, that's great. You're now a lawman. 
and that can happen with your players as well. So the players are tasked with investigating the murder ball stadium to look for clues to a possible assassination attempt, but they need to be careful not to tip off the would-be assassin that they are there to investigate the matter. So if they're not cops, this actually works in their favor. They can just come in as normal people, but if they are cops, they got to do some undercover work. Therefore, the players must enter the stadium under the guise of a murder ball amateur team that is competing to earn a spot in the big leagues. The whole team is going to be on, on the cyber chair. All right. Before every major match, two amateur teams play a game against each other and the winner gets a shot to possibly play in the big leagues. They do that every, before every match. People come and watch it. It extends the fun. Because of this, many teams flock to the stadium two days before the game and they try out for one of the amateur spots. So basically, this is how I supposed how it can go down. The goal is to get your players to sit on these chairs and use them in some sort of combat, roleplay, or chase scenario. And bonus GM points if you get to make them do all three. That, that would be great. And one of the amateur teams is harboring the assassin, and his cyber chair is rigged with a massive explosion that is sure to kill everyone in the stadium, plus knock down some buildings nearby. And or alternatively, one of the referees who's also in a cyber chair is the assassin. So the idea is the players will find out through their investigations that either one of the amateur teams or the referee is the one harboring a bomb. So you got to learn, you know, learn about these people, learn, leave some clues for them. But they have to get comfortable sitting in these cyber chairs or they're going to give themselves away as somebody that doesn't belong in that area and it would tip off the assassin so that's my scenario uh hope you guys enjoyed that what do you think about that james i like that i like that i like that it's um it's a it's a murder mystery kind of it's, uh, um, i i like i also love that it deals with semi-pro sports yeah because you hardly get to to talk about semi-pro sports a lot of the time or think about semi-pro sports a lot of the time yeah it just seems like um, I like it because it's a story from the like the margin of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something that uh, it's also kind of how do I put it? Um, if you tell people, "Hey, you got to do this," um, they'll they'll think I didn't think I was going to do this today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It forces it forces a level of fun. Force fun, um, but uh, it it would be hard not to crack a smile. Yeah, exactly. It's very lighthearted, but it still has some challenges. I run into the trouble of trying to evaluate the quality of things Mm -hmm. um, all the time. Uh, I like it. Sounds good, man. Yeah, that's basically it. It, Honestly, these scenarios, even if you don't do these scenarios that I came up with, maybe it inspires you guys to come up. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And then tell us how it went in the comments. Please, if you do, you have to let us know how it goes. (laughs) No. And how did you adjust it? How did you change it? Because I expect you guys to change it. And we will actually read those comments. Oh, right? for sure. 100%. Yeah. John John's reading the comments. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I know some people don't, but I know he does. Yeah, I read the comments, even the bad ones. The bad ones, I appreciate you guys supporting either way. And uh, and the good ones, I appreciate you guys supporting too. You're the best. I read the comments too. I'll be honest. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. I, I have a little better to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's about it. Uh, Night City Council is officially, the the session has ended. We have answered questions from the community. We talked about two free DLCs, and you know what we're going to do next month, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, July, July, the month of July, we will have Night City Council again. We'll be answering questions. Make sure you guys send us your questions so we can answer them. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we do our goodbyes here, James? Oh, boy. Um, keep an eye out on our socials. Uh, we'll be putting out some more free DLCs. Or, you know, wait until Night City Council for us to remind you again. Um, I'm, I'm writing them. They're coming out. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they're doing great work over there at Artel Sorin. And please, we want to reiterate, hashtag Night City Council. Let us know on Facebook, social media, Discord, whatever it is, let us know how you guys run these scenarios with these DLCs. We want to hear about it. We want to talk about it. We'll read your testimonials on the the show. Why not? Of course, we would love to do that. 
So let us know how it goes. Um, anything else? That's it. Holy day. All right. Bring that hammer down. Bring that gavel down so we can end this session. The council is in session. We are adjourned. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful month. We'll see you guys next month for some more cyberpunk goodness. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.